The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. up welcome to episode number i don't even know of the petrolist podcast <laughs> <laughs> who cares i am joined here today let's see, i don't want to i don't want to do the regular intro we're moving no. the regular out of the way yeah because today we are joined by baseball royalty there's no guest oh he's right now he's the baseball writer of the year everyone else tried to write about baseball but nick did it best he won the fswa award he's a winner in our hearts he's a winner in our minds everyone liked the tweet and for good reason because we were all so proud and happy for him we partied in the discord are at the i'm surprised that you even you even make an appearance with me on this thing i mean i do i have to address you in a different way now that you're oh my god famos, mr famos what's going on how are you feeling baseball writer of the year i kind of forgot that we hadn't done a podcast since last week oh, yeah what is happening yeah that was a cool thing um i'm incredibly I touched did. and uh uh, amazed and you know uh, all these people in this industry have influenced both you and me in so many ways and yeah i can't believe it um but yeah let's let's talk about pitching though let's move past it that was it for yeah that's all i'm gonna do i don't know i mean there uh, the pitchers pitcherless staff has allows me to do what i what i want to do right uh the roundup and everything and the list and all it's uh it's comforting that i have oh, so many fantastic people to do everything else a lot of yeah. the writers too in the industry focus on multiple sports i don't even focus on two sports i do one sport and just one position yeah one half and, of it <laughs> right and you know that allows me to do different things and i'm very lucky that everybody lets me just do that one thing so um i'm incredibly thankful for it and i still can't believe it and let's stop talking about myself <laughs> <laughs> you know what's I know I, I was wondering how long I could uh, I could get you to do this before it was like so help me God Alex well <laughs> how are we going to pay the people back for voting you into this position by giving them what they want which is yeah pictures number one fifty <laughs> through I don't, I don't understand how we're gonna do this uh, this is so much of me just going yeah there is some world where this works. Uh, I mean, we're in the middle of a tier right now that is just, they have a job, but how? Mm. And it, it's it's wild to me. Um, yeah. This is tough, I guys. Mean, I don't doubt us. <laughs> I really don't. Never. I mean, I think there are, I think there are people you know. here that we're going to be able to dig into a little bit, right? Um, one of them is not going to be human garbage person 151, Mike Clevenger. We're going to skip over garbage oh, people, yeah. and we're going to move on to 152. Which is Bailey Falter. Bailey Falter, uh, this is the other thing that I'm going to be, you know, if you're going to say that a lot during the podcast, this is what I'm going to be saying a lot during the podcast. There were signs. <laughs> right? Right? There yeah, were, this is the Shyamalan, Shyamalan movie um, podcast, right? This exactly. Is the one. Yeah. I mean, there were well, moments where you're like, oh, 
Oh, nice little uh, a nice little quality start against uh, Pittsburgh with eight Ks and some elevated heaters, seven whiffs and eight called strikes to return a 43 percent CSW. And you're like, oh, baby, I could go ahead and do this. And then there's times where he gets shellacked by the Braves and you're like, what am I doing here? Yeah. Um, a lot of this probably going to depend on whether or not he is in the rotation, but he is he's in the rotation right now, right? Yeah, look, if Andrew, if Andrew Painter has an amazing spring training mm. and Bailey Falter is, I'm not going to do the pun that's been overdone. If he just isn't up to snuff, I uh, then, yeah, why don't the Phillies get super aggressive? It's a very tough NL, e- NL East. Every single win is going to matter uh, with the Mets in Atlanta there. So why not throw your best pitcher as the number five in Andrew Painter right out of the gate? I'm not going to rule it out. So monitor that. Um, and for fantasy purposes, Bailey Falter, four seamers, not terrible. 31% O swing last year, uh, 10% swing strike rate on it. It's it's not bad. It's just not elite, and I don't really want to chase it. So I, I maybe as a streaming option, but that's really it for Bailey Falter. Let's go ahead and jump to the next person then in 153 in Zach, please, I remember, I believe it was the, yeah, coming into the 2021 season, there was a, a lot of helium around him because he had come off 55 innings in the shortened season of a 228 ERA with a 0.8 whip. You had watched that start against the Reds, I believe, and were really blown away with his stuff, although you weren't super in on him. But I remember being pretty vocal in the community about like, I don't know, guys, I, I don't know about Plesak and then taking a small little victory lap when he had a 4.67. But now that he I remember the next year being like, OK, you can stop being bad now. You made your point like you could be good again. And uh, he didn't really get better. Um, he increased his walk rate a little bit up now to 7%. Uh, the, the whip continued to shoot up and it was a career high 132 the era came down a little bit i think we all knew the 4.7 wasn't necessarily sustainable but this is another guy who who is going to have opportunities has you know flashed that upside in the past it's another typical guardian pitcher right except you know, what i mean by that is a guy who's got a a good uh, some good breaking pitches uh and doesn't really have a, a great four seamer however the slider hasn't been good for a little while right and that's kind of what we're looking to see from him yeah uh zach plesak needs to find well more so his change up and back in, in 2020 the slider was good the slider was better last year um than we had seen but yeah the change up was a four five plv last year and you can't do that. I <laughs> mm. uh, essentially Plesak also was exclusive sliders to right handers, changeups to lefties. It worked in 2020, did not work last year, did not work in 2021. I I also wonder if Plesak is going to stay in the rotation. He was not mm. good last year. He was not good in 2021. Plesak was just trounced over the weekend. And Cody Morris is really good. Gavin Williams, uh, I believe, is a prospect there. Uh, Tanner Bibby is another one. Yes, I got those names right, I think. Uh, but it, there are options for the Guardians, even with Daniel Espino hurt again, that may say, look, like, get out of here. Mm-hmm. Cody Morris is starting instead, right? I, I really don't have much interest in it. I could see myself streaming him if he does get consistent starts, especially against a right-handed heavy lineup. Against a left-handed heavy one, relying on the curve and change up. And that fastball that just isn't good. Yeah, I, I don't want to I don't want anything uh, a part of that. So please like I mean look, we're past 150. Oh boy. It's it's rough, guys. It's rough. But listen, I don't want to call you a hypocrite, but how dare you tell me that we're not gonna have enough to talk about when Mr. Coffee Cakes himself is on this list. You love a good JT Brubaker, right? Of course we're gonna spend a, a, a no, good 30, what, 40 what minutes. You, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> the slider's good. 23% swing striker at last year. There were times when the curveball was decent with coffee cakes, but the sinker, it gets destroyed. The four-seamer gets destroyed. He's so inconsistent with it. Yeah, I'm not in here. There are some interesting things uh, uh, about Brubaker. He is not someone I'm taking in, in anything but a very deep, you know, NL only league as a you know backup, but love um, all of keep adding more to. That. I know and very only deep draft. NL only backup, right? Let's yeah, just keep it going. The sinker if the draft is on a Tuesday. So hard if the draft is on a Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's only when the bakers. You know they make the. Oh, I shouldn't be saying this stuff. I'm so hungry. 
I <laughs> Brew Baker is the number five right now for the Pirates. Mm-hmm. They added Vince Velasquez, and Vince Velasquez apparently is the four. Just think about that for That's a second. That's brutal. You have Luis Ortiz, who should come up at some point. You have Johan Aviedo, who I know the models don't necessarily love, but there are moments that I see it with Johan Aviedo looking really good. And I just can't get that out of my head. So I wonder how much more we'll see of Brew Baker. I guarantee you there'll be nights that the coffee cakes are smell glorious, but they'll often be stale. And uh, I don't want to deal with that. Although I would love to end so much on on that pun, because I think that actually that could be the best of the episode for you. I do think it, it is interesting to note that it is a career best FIP and a career best Sierra, both under four with a, a Babbitt that is pretty significantly over his career norm and a left on base rate. That's also something that's going to regress in the right direction as well. So again, I'm not advocating for a JT Brubaker. I'm not going to do that to the fine and good people who voted you uh, a baseball oh, writer of this. the year. Stop. How many times uh, are you going to say this? Stop. This. Oh God. I, I at least have like six more in this podcast. Stop lined it. Up. Um, he did increase that. Uh, it's like you kind of said though, if we do want to kind of break him down a little bit, he doesn't have, a, a heater right the sinker isn't really there and he said you know what i'm throwing it a 42 percent. that's what i'm doing um but i do think it's interesting that those peripherals are there it wouldn't surprise me that at the end of the year jt brubaker was like hey here's an 160 inning four era with like a 128 whip it's like i don't know if you really want that that's that's like wouldn't surprise me okay yeah, I know, right? That's yeah. that's how high it gets. I mean, for, yeah, for... but then, then then we've got like three Royals next. You know, Storin <laughs> Lyles, your favorite from Baltimore. Love it. Oh Love gosh, uh, you know, at least he like does the right thing with his sinkers, throws them inside to right-handers as a thirty-eight percent O swing, and sometimes his slider and curveball work. But that's it. The Fratty Pirate might have new life outside of the Rays as Ryan Yarbrough could be started for the Royals this year, and. Maybe he can squeeze out five, six innings without the Rays saying, you know what? You throw in 70 pitches. Go take a shower now. And yeah, Zach Granke didn't retire after all. So he's there with his, I guess it's spring training. So maybe his fastball is up to 74 miles per hour at this point. But uh, it's just none of this do you want to go for. I mean, this is what this podcast is. Can we, this is also that tier of guys that are, they have a job. They will be pitching out of the gate. So mm-hmm. I had to rank them above the ones that don't because theoretically there is April value there. Um, but uh, it gets it gets bad fast. Is there someone that you really like in this tier that you're like, hey, maybe this will work? Um, don't say it. I know you're going to say it. Don't say it. It's not, it hasn't well, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to look through the rest of the tier. It's a really large tier. I mean, there's because so they have many... a job, but you don't want any of this. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm don't say well, it. okay don't, do it. don't say who do you think it. i'm gonna say who do you think i'm gonna, gonna say? say luke weaver no i'm not gonna say luke weaver. <laughs> <laughs> and watching me in twitch right now you'll see fast furrowed brow <laughs> yeah shudder just <laughs> completely shudder at the name who? there 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 is one one that i'm kind of surprised that you that you didn't say uh i, I don't think it's patrick corbin um if it is, if they're like, hey, you really need to be going for one of these guys, it's probably Keller, right? I mean, Brad he's, Keller, he's a he was a driveline guy. He improved his breaking pitches. Um, the, one of the things that's always frustrating for me in Kansas City is the pitching development doesn't necessarily seem to be there. But when I hear that a pitcher is going to a place like driveline and is and is uh, establishing that he has a, a curveball, he's got a sweeper. Um, I don't know. He they seemed like he really changed some stuff. Uh, Chris Langan is the director of pitching over at Driveline. Released this kind of pitch movement um, where he took his old slider, right, mm-hmm. which was like not a good pitch. No, a lot more hard contact with that slider than his four seamer. Uh, yeah, so they got rid of it. They 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 said, you okay. know what? This terrible slider is two pitches now. It's a sweeper that's going much more horizontal, and it's right. a curveball that's going much more down. Uh-huh. So remember, we're not talking about a guy that I'm all of a sudden putting in my top 100. We're talking I about understand. guys, yeah, yeah, that are in this maybe tier who are chance. interesting. Maybe yeah, there's, maybe there's a chance. Yeah, maybe he's not talent. even in the rotation to start the year because he also got lit up in spring training this weekend. Brad Keller I'll and stop with the well, well think stuff. about this I know but Jordan Lyles and Zach Ranky locks for the rotation right yeah okay 
Then you have Daniel Lynch, you have Ryan Yarbrough, you have Chris Bubich, you have Brad Keller, uh, and you have Brady Singer. Sorry, Brady Singer at the top of that, too. Chris, so, yeah. so then you have two spots for Daniel Lynch, Ryan Yarbrough, Brad Keller, Chris Bubich. Daniel Lynch, who also got rocked, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think they would be rather, they, they'd rather invest innings in Daniel Lynch than Brad Keller at this point. But maybe not. You know, it, it's, yeah. At least, if, that's Brad all. Ke- Actually, no. Here, here's why Here's why he's in. Brad Keller has no more options. Oh, no. He beat him in relief. You think he'd buy in relief? He wasn't relief. Rather Carlos Hernandez. Doesn't Carlos Hernandez at least like pump? Like he just like, hasn't he yeah, crazy he's velocity? In relief. He's in relief too. No, but that's what I'm saying. Long relief is already Carlos Hernandez. I don't know. No, like, I know. They don't, they're they're both, need... they're the, yeah. We'll see what happens there. Uh, I'm not necessarily disagreeing with you that Brad Keller shouldn't be involved in that, but there's there are guys to... I mean, they added Ryan Yarbrough, too. Well, it's mm. like, I don't... Okay. Uh, I, Trevor Williams had a super high strikeout rate last year. Do you realize what, like, he had a 23% K rate last year, which is, I know, super high, but that is super high considering it's Trevor Williams, and you didn't realize that. And that plays with a 321 ERA and a 123 whip. It's like, wait, what? He's going for the Nationals now. I don't have any anticipation for this to actually be a legitimate thing uh, for next year. But his slider did have a 17% swing strike rate. I think that is the best chance of all of these. Just sneakily having a good start here and there is Trevor Williams. Because that's just what T-dubs does. You know, Mm. there's no TLs. It's only (laughs) T-dubs. Trevor Williams. There's... trying here. Yeah. You are you are trying here. Um, before, listen, we got some things that we want to do. Sorry, I was looking ahead at the tiers because there is some fun people to talk about in the next year because it's high end guys who are theoretically recovering from injury. It's a little right. too early to take a break, but we do have a, a a question here. So we've got some thoughts. Some people want to know some thoughts on either Mike Soroka, Justin Steele, Nick Pavetta, Zach, please, Zach, and Dre Jameson. That's a lot of people. That's I do think that's a very funny comment. Well, we, like, got, hey, would you mind giving me your thoughts on everyone? It's because in the top we're live streamed. I so. Michael Soroka is going to be inhibited to start the year. And it, I think it opens the door actually for Ian Anderson. I just finished writing the five starting pitcher sleepers article on Twitch that should come out tomorrow. And I, uh, that includes Ian Anderson because he has, he's like 500 or so, uh, 500 or so ADP right now. And he's apparently added a new slider and, uh, it has a better command now all of a sudden. So Michael Soroka then would have to earn his way back into the rotation. Uh, which is kind of interesting there. I I don't want to touch Nick Pavetta. I don't want to touch Zach Plesak. So I have to choose one or two from this. It's between Soroka, Jameson, and Justin Steele. And obviously I'm taking Steele as a rotation spot as a really good slider. I don't trust the fastball is going to be good. I'm not a fan of him, but of those, yes. Then it's between Jameson and Soroka. I don't know who has the number five spot in Arizona. Uh, I saw that Ryan Nelson was lower in velocity um, in his first start. Which is a big deal, I think. Bigger deal for a young pitcher trying to earn a rotation spot. I think those are the guys that are working through the offseason to get to that point. So then spring arrives and they actually are ready to go and earn it. As opposed to the veterans who are saying, I have a rotation spot. I'm going to save my bullets. Do that. And I, also there's a shoulder injury that Ryan Nelson's coming back from. I'm a little concerned that it means that he's not going to get that spot. Jerry Jameson is who did okay. Very early to, to make that guess. But so far... That does have me concerned for Nelson. So I would say it's Justin Steele. And between Jameson and Soroka, I guess I'm kind of leaning Jameson just for that fact. But Michael Soroka should be in that rotation before May, I would think. So I, I'm going to go Steele and Soroka. How about you, Fast? Um. <clears throat> Yeah, I'm. I, I think we can definitely agree that Steele is there. If I see that Drake Jameson makes the rotation out of camp, then that would be interesting to me. Soroka, I just don't. I think there's a long way to come back from. I think he. Yeah. I don't want to say that he's injury prone because I'm already regretting mine. Enough. I want Jameson and Steele, so I agree with you. Yeah, I think it's Jameson <laughs> Steele. I just don't know. Like the thing is, too, Soroka. It's like we talked about a couple of casts ago. Soroka comes back, and we're like. Yeah, baby, give me that. Give me that nineteen percent K rate. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, I mean, that, right. it was it was predicated on really good command and the yeah, idea that his strike rate should go up over time, being how young he was and he already had that ability, and then he develops and so on. But I, uh, but right, I mean, that's a different situation now coming back from everything he's been through. Well, Dre Jameson, hey, maybe he is actually going to get more than a ten percent swing strike rate on his fastballs. But anyway, 
we're going to go on to the next tier of injured guys. But before we do, we're going to take a quick break. And we're back. This next tier is a little sad because it's a, a lot of dudes who are hurt and guys who are probably um, you could get bumped up a, 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 a little bit um, if it's a, uh, a unlimited IL spots. Um, but some of these guys probably just going to be sitting on the waiver wire until maybe they come back in September, August, maybe a little bit earlier. The first one, though, probably not going to get picked up at all. And that's Frankie Montas, who I, I believe you wrote this um, before it was announced that he was having shoulder surgery that would put him out right. for I pretty much the said, entire year. I even said, not only does the timeline of May 1st seem too optimistic, but the faith he can return to form himself is dwindling fast then. You mm -hmm. know, and it's like, this is this is not something to chase. It, all of these, I'm looking through this now. I mean, I wrote these, uh, I guess, like a month ago. And... <laughs> there's one I think there's one that I would consider actually drafting and sticking into an IL spot you can probably guess really yeah um Tarek Skubal yeah yeah I mean he should be back by like June or so I mean the problem with with this stuff is that you guys might be thinking oh hi I have IL spots welcome please meet John Means yeah, because what's the point? I have these free IL spots. Might as well do it. And you're not wrong. The thing that I've certainly done, and I imagine a lot of you have too, listening, is sure you have John Means in your IL spot, and then all of a sudden it's May third, and you have one extra injured guy, and you think, you know what? There's no one I really like on the waiver wire. I guess I'll just hold on to this person in my IL spot and keep holding on to John Means or so. And you won't actually drop him. You mm. should be dropping him. You should not have John Means on May 3rd as a as a bench arm instead of something else on the waiver wire. It's just not yeah. how you should be doing it. But we still hold on to it because it's letting go of something is a lot harder to do. So I encourage you guys not to do it really with anyone. Maybe Tarek, but then even when Tarek does arrive back, it's not like he's golden. You know, and we really have to have that perspective of the risk reward of this. If you're holding on to Tarek Skubal and it actually costs you a bench spot at some point, think of what happens when he comes off the IL. Are you starting him in his first game back? I'm likely not. Mm. It's a still ill situation. And then maybe he's okay. And then you're debating if he's worth the guy on the waiver wire then after yeah. investing three months of this. So. I'm really hesitant doing it, but I can consider that with Tarek Scoble. No one else here. I think everyone else is just like, ugh, at this point. Yeah, if we're talking about guys who are theoretically going to return you any plus value um, by the end of the year from this list, it's 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 Scoble, right? I mean, means you just don't know about. You don't know if they're going to, you know, there's theoretically, if, if, if there's any delays and they're out of the playoff race, like he's pitching meaningless games in September, coming in for like an inning or two just to get him ready for the next season. Derek Scoop right. is the one that I could see. I mean, like he's got the highest, I don't want to say he's got the highest upside of the people here who could theoretically come back because means might have uh, just as high of an upside, but like Hyunjin Ryu, Kyle Hendricks, uh, those guys, obviously, even when they do come back, it's, you don't know how much you're paying attention. Chris Paddock, maybe. Um, oh, man, you just yeah. don't know if you're going to be paying attention when, when he comes back. And here's the thing, too. By then, your roster is not only filled with the people that you drafted that you wanted to hold on to who had success, but the 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 waiver wire guys who all of a sudden popped up like they do every year that we have no idea. Right. Like maybe you're using that spot on a Sean Manaya, who all of a sudden is the fastest throwing pitcher <laughs> in all of baseball. Yeah, right? there are going to be guys like that who pop up that you're not going to want to drop for guys who are still ales, right? Yeah, exactly. And yes, if you want to find out more about pitching news um, through spring training, you should be listening to the Plus Pitch Podcast. I'm going through that Monday through Friday. Um, I just put out the first one of the spring. Uh, I guess it was about, yeah, late, late, late yesterday. So every it should be out every morning by about noon. It won't be on Friday. I'll be in Florida. So sorry. But maybe I'll even still record. I'll bring like a mic or something. I don't Fun. know. If I'll I was there, you'd do it. Well, if you were there, yeah, but you're you. Why aren't you going? Whatever, it's fine. It's fine. Um, but anyway, yeah, uh, tune in for that to get all of your updates, especially to those tweets that I put out in the morning. I do actually go through all this stuff uh, the following day. But anyway, 
do we have anything else here to talk about these injured guys? I mean, this is just no, no, it's tough. Uh, so we won't, um, but we will move <laughs> on to prospects to consider stashing because there is uh, this, this is, this is, is the, the legit stuff. Yeah, this is like the kind of fun meat and potato stuff, right? And it kicks off with a really fun one in in Andrew Painter, right? I mean, I think it would be a little bit of a surprise if he he cracked the rotation at a camp. It would have to be a really dominant camp, and they would have to be willing to pay him money sooner. Um, he also hasn't thrown more than what, like oh, he like over a hundred innings over in the course of a year. Last year, he compiled a bunch of A, and then moved up to uh, high A, and then double A. Where overall, I think he compiled about ninety or so. He dominated every step of the way, though. All the projections have him with fewer than a hundred innings ERA, kind of in the low fours. But you also, like you said earlier, the the path to him pitching is like, hey, can you be better? Than, than Bailey Falter, right? right? Like, can can you be more consistent than him? And also, like, can you be better than Ranger Suarez, who, while he has shown a lot of good upside, wouldn't really surprise me to see him. You know, he should go back to being a reliever. He was so good in the World mm-hmm. Series, right? Uh, but no, right, that, that's the thing. And I, I could very well make an argument that this tier should have been like at 130 or something like that. And I really wanted to make it clear that, guys, I'm just grouping everybody at this point and going through it. Um, And I don't know when these prospects are going to come up. I don't know what's going to happen. But look, this is, yeah, I should be drafting Andrew Painter way ahead a lot of these others just for for spec ads, right? I don't want to be taking Madison Bumgarner over Andrew Painter, even though the number is higher on him. It's just a listing of here or there they are. You guys want numbers? Sure. But once we got past, I'd say 110, then it all just gets thrown into the air. And if Andrew Painter is actually making moves, then he'll be, I mean, he he could jump all, if he has a rotation spot, I'm putting Andrew Painter at like 55 or something ridiculous like that. Really? Right. I mean, I don't know if it's necessarily 55, but I'm saying inside, yeah, inside the top 80 for sure. uh, If not the top 70, Um, because we're at that point there where there's this giant area of like yeah I, I feel like I could find someone off the waiver wire at that point which is who is pretty equivalent who isn't getting drafted and might as well go for Andrew Painter who has that kind of ceiling of just being amazing out of the gate mm-hmm. Um, I should say too before we start to break down some of these other guys there is a fantastic article by Jake Mesh on the website um, that breaks down a lot of these guys in depth, right? Um, you refer to it in your article quite a bit, so it's hyperlinked there. The next one that we should talk about is actually uh, Andrew Painter is number four on his list. The list is the top 25 starting pitching prospects to stash for fantasy baseball in 2023. I'll let you find the link and click on it yourself to see who one, two, and three are. Number five is a guy that you mentioned uh, already, uh, and Gavin Williams, a prospect uh, out of... Uh, Cleveland's Cleveland Guardian rates with oddly enough a fantastic four seamer, really good slider. Still got a, a breaking pitch and an okay off speed. Um, 50 future value, 70 innings uh, over double A last year with a 231 ERA and a 30% K rate. <laughs> it was only 45 innings in high A, but he put up a 40% K rate, which is just yeah. love to see in that time. Um, is this another like we'll put it this way this is a guy that they were like hey you know what we're doing it we're not we're not messing with Zach Zach anymore he's the number five where would you theoretically put Gavin Williams I mean I don't know I feel like Andrew Painter has more overwhelming stuff um but uh, yeah same idea right I mean this is this is the status of pitching this year is there are so many guys that go deep into past 100 from my ranks this year Mm-hmm. Which means that if you're in a standard league, twelve teamer, let's say there are six teams, six even eight uh, per team. That's ninety six starters, right? Uh, and generally, you see like six to seven. I think people people go around that that range. I will go to eight because I feel like there's more potential value in a pitcher out of the gate, and then you adjust the hitters as the season goes on. That's me, but I yeah. I, I'd be aggressive on this because I don't feel that someone around 75 or so I'm, I feel like I need to hold on to um, while Gavin Williams. Yeah. He's coming up and dealing like, why would you say no to that? Yeah. There's a lot of um, 
other interesting guys who are there in this tier two, but really would only be interesting people in kind of draft and holds, right? Like mm-hmm. Taj Bradley is an interesting dude in a draft and hold. Um, Quinn Priester, who's a pitcher in, in the Pittsburgh organization, interesting in a draft and hold. Maybe he could be up mid-year uh, if he does well in the minors. Um, there's another interesting one, too, in, in Kyle Harrison, uh, a prospect, 21-year-old prospect for the Giants. Um the GM told reporters in early October that he expects Harrison to contribute to the MLB rotation in 2023. Again, that's from Mesh's article here that he quotes that. So not someone who I'd be interested in being like in a regular 12 teamer by any stretch of the imagination, but someone that with guys like this, for me, I'm, this is the reason I go to MILB.com, right? Like every once in a while, I'll just go to MILB.com uh, or even fan graphs because they have minor league data too and be like, okay, who's dominating right now? And are they on poor teams yeah. or who's dominating? And there is a number four or five who is just struggling right now. And then try and get in a little bit early, right? Try and get in like a week early. If I've got a roster spot, if there's a bench spot that I have open, just take the chance and do it. And he is kind of one uh, of a slew of arms there that could theoretically be good for that. Um, I want to hear if you have any thoughts about him. And then lastly, we can wrap up this tier with two more. One, did you watch Yuri Perez yesterday? And did you have any thoughts? <laughs> Although, goodness gracious, uh, that camera angle. The camera angle is so bad. No, he throws so 99 and has a really good changeup. What do you know? It's like Sandy Alcantara 2.0. Yeah. Um, it kind of it really does feel like that with Yuri Perez. Um, but yeah, it's just that's a matter of time and that's not going to happen right away. There are too many options for the Marlins, so you can kind of forget about that for now. Kyle Harrison, it's kind of the same way. You have Anthony Escafani still there. Hmm. Uh, he's the number six right now. So it's going to take some time for Kyle Harrison, who's also super young, 21 uh, years old, also a high walk rate. So it feels like there is more cherry bomb-esque nature inside of it that might not give you the same immediate impact as some others. Um, because we generally see a worse command from a guy when they come up in the first place. And if you already have a 10, 11% walk rate, that's just going to get amplified and make it really tough to start in fantasy. Um, a couple other guys, there's the, the situation in Oakland. You have Ken Waldachuk and Kyle mm-hmm. Muller. Uh, I would be watching them both in uh, during the spring right now. Kyle Muller just really impressed, honestly. 93 to 95, which is fine with his fastball. It's pretty much what we expected. But he has a new breaker that apparently did really well. It wasn't televised. I didn't get to see it. Um, but yeah, good stuff there for Kyle Muller. Um, and that might actually force his way into the rotation. Who knows? Um, you have Ken Waldachuk, who has a really good fastball and it might get better and his command might get better. And there's some excitement about him too. There was a great article on the site, um, here at Pitcher List about Ken Waldachuk. Definitely check that out as well. So, uh, there's some, there's some prospects that might be, uh, you know, give, making an impact DL Hall fast, your boy. Is he going to start or not? Probably not. Yeah. Yeah, probably not. But maybe at some point you have Brandon fought also going for that Arizona job. Ryan Nelson, maybe not necessarily doing it. Maybe it's not Dre Jameson. Maybe it's Brandon fought. And uh, our own Chris Clegg wrote a fantastic article about that. You have Bobby Miller and Gavin Stone, two really good Dodgers pitchers as well. Maybe some of those guys are still injured. Crying Kershaw, of course. And then they don't have too many options uh to turn to right now on that roster you know ryan papillo and uh michael grove i mean michael grove's kind of interesting but it just keeps going and just be aware of these guys that's all you have to be you don't have to go off and get them in all your drafts now monitor spring training see who actually gets a rotation spot and then be ready to pounce when you have an opening in season there are definitely weeks in april where it's just like you know what none of these right now are interesting so Mm. then just get a prospect in the meantime that's how i've gotten alc manoa and spencer strider in two consecutive leagues years in the pl legacy league because i had a low moment and i just picked up one of those guys following the the stash article at pitcher list not even kidding i that's how you do it guys so be ready for that be aware of these players and uh enjoy april the one name that you didn't mention that i think people really should be aware of too is is ricky tiedman um oh yeah bowl baby that stuff looks like it could be it's so good but the 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 jays limited his innings last year Mm. and they're really careful about him and that's biggest concern not to mention fast you put out a tweet that caught my attention about you say kikuchi getting 14 whiffs in two innings pristine slider command on it uh and that uh, 11 whiffs on changeups and and sliders combined. 
obviously the biggest problem about Kikuchi's consistency and command and all. Uh, and I'm not going to really do anything about this right now, but it does seem like Kikuchi, yeah, you have the fifth spot. It's theirs. It's yours. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's going to be there for him. So Ricky would have to be a, more of like a June, July thing if something were to break down. They also said Zach Thompson is their next in line, I believe, um, after Mitch White or something like that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Ricky Tedman, it, 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 yeah, exactly. But when he does come up, oof, be ready. Yeah, there, there's one more, you know, kind of former. Well, there's a few more interesting prospects there's here. One, uh, or two, two, three. you know, <laughs> see, um, the first is Forrest Whitley, who's like on one side, it's like, hey, you know, prospect growth isn't linear, especially when it comes. There's no such thing as a pitching prospect, all those kind of different acronyms and initialisms that we like to throw around about pitching prospects. I will say I watched him today. I believe it was today. He actually went and I was like, yeah. I don't know. I, again, it's spring training, but I was kind of hoping that we would see some. There just looks like a lot of rust. Like, again, first spring training start. That is very acceptable. But I was kind of hoping to see a little bit more upside, and I didn't necessarily see it from him. And last year, I believe you. You know, he was dealing with some injury. Obviously, I think if I recall correctly, last year was the year where he was like, "Forget it. I'm getting back to the old mechanics that I have." And then he threw 33 innings in AAA to a 709 ERA. Yeah, not great. Um, yeah, not great. So I don't know if I'm really buying into the um, to the Forrest Whitley thing, but Emerson Hancock, I don't know. That could be another interesting thing to see, right? We saw, we've seen a lot of young arms come through Seattle and they bring them up when they're ready. I don't know if there's a spot for them right away, but what are your thoughts about those gentlemen? Um, I think you're missing the forest for the trees. Um, and I really wish, I was like, going through my head there's got to be someone that rhymes with trees and i just missed it i don't know i uh, because that would be the best pun ever um no i, I force whitley was on that list of, of three there's actually four i should say and it's the, it's the first four after this whole grouping that are not on the top 25 to stash but i think are worth mentioning if willie does have a surprising spring training it's not guaranteed that it's hunter brown Right. Hunter Brown's already been talked about. We've already gone through that one because as colors is out. It seems very clear that the Astros are aggressive on Hunter Brown. Makes sense. Uh, Forrest Whitley, super post, post, post hype. Uh, TGS guy. If he does have a, a great spring, I've not seen today's game yet. Um, I will be tomorrow morning and uh, we'll see what happens there. But it's a good situation to be in uh, with with Houston. So if he does get a chance, you should certainly pay attention. There are three others, though. They're very interesting to me. Um, one is Thad Ward with the Nationals. Mm. Uh, the fifth spot for the Nationals is like, I don't know. <laughs> and it's about opportunity. They, obviously, you don't want to be pitching for the Nationals. As we've talked about, we don't really trust their development. Uh, you have to deal with Atlanta and the Phillies and the Mets uh, through the season. But he was a Rule 5 pick from the Red Sox. He kind of did super well all of a sudden um, in the fall last year. And it's a really good fastball and breaking ball. There might be something there. Uh, there's actually one guy who's my ultra sleeper for this year. It's like way past 500. It's like 520 in ADP or something in NFBC. And that's Matthew Libertori. And I know that sounds mm. crazy, but uh, he was a well-hyped pro- prospect. He sat 92-93 when he debuted last summer. And then he went down to the minors again, came back, was throwing 94-95, an improved slider. And the not- Cardinals are going to need him this year. Uh, I believe he's their number seven option because you have Dakota Hudson as the six. Maybe Drew Verhagen is the seven. I doubt that. Um, but you have Steven Matz who has an injury history. You have Jack Flaherty who has an injury history. And right there, Shazam, you're going to have some opportunities for Matthew Liguatore. I mean, Wayno, we'll see if he has his longevity and Michaelis and so on. Um, but I, I feel like Libertora has an opportunity here to actually get significant starts with increased velocity from the left side. He's a tw- he was going to be 23 this year. Um, it, uh, it it feels like Matthew Libertora has an opportunity here. I'm sorry, I I just got a, uh, a like a terrible flashback as I was looking at the depth of of Chris. Uh, I was looking at the depth of the Cardinals and remembering last year about Jordan Hicks and they're like, Oh my God, he's going to be a starter again. But that wasn't the person who gave me the the PTSD. It was actually another person who would theoretically be another person that could stretch out as he was a a guy many years ago who pitched in Chris Stratton. Um, Oh boy. And I recall, 
Okay. <laughs> Didn't he throw a no hitter or something? No, he yeah, threw a... sure. He did against the Mets as a giant. Uh, yes. Way back when with his sinker. Um, but there is another sleeper I really debated putting into the article. And by the way, I have like five guys that are actually sleepers, mm. actual ones. And then at the end, I'm like, fine, here's your normal ones too. Okay. I mean, I had to get Reed Devers in there. Um, yeah. but, uh, I just, I just like the way you said it. Like they're, they are asleep. Like yeah, someone like, has to wake them up. <laughs> like, I mean, as I mentioned, Ian Anderson is one, like he's still getting yeah. drafted outside the top, like 400 or something made some changes you know, like, too, okay apparently. there you go so that's actually a sleeper because no one except everyone's like no that's not going to work i'm like right that's what makes him a sleeper mm-hmm. um sean burke is the other one hmm. that isn't in the article and maybe should be because if clevenger isn't pitching right who is the number five starter for the white Sox? That's a good question. Uh, let's take a look at their <laughs> let's take a look at their depth it's, chart because they, they especially because Davis Martin or Reynaldo Lopez, right? And Reynaldo Lopez went to the relief. If we don't think he's gonna be in starting anymore, yeah. Davis Martin is the one. And then the White Sox also have a quote saying he's the first option up should they need an option in season. And he oh. his strikeout rate is hovering 30% in the minors. I I don't know much about Sean Burke, um, but he has strikeout ability, uh, and he might be up quickly. And there you go, sleeper. <laughs> Are there any other like this is right. rough? I know. And I put out a tweet about this, and I was like, guys, like who is it? And they go, we don't know. And I'm like, but that no. <laughs> so let's, not to mention, let's not to mention that's assuming like perfect health for everybody else you know are they going to re-sign dallas keichel at some point is it cole hamels in this in july you know i mean okay so here are the remaining free agents there's there's bundy who's 30 who gotta be bundy they have to get bundy i mean listen i, I obviously dylan bundy is not the greatest pitcher in the world no, but he's better than jonathan stever right he's better than <laughs> jimmy lambert right like Jimmy Lambert made another there. name in there. Yeah, that's right. Oh boy, he's yeah, he's their long relief guy who's made some. Chris Archer. I mean, he, it was really rough last year. Michael Pineda. Pineda. Like you, you can't get rid of it. I can't get rid of there's it. No Tilda. It's um, I know. I'm even, I'm even looking at the name, and there's no Tilda. <laughs> but you know what? I can't trust it because sometimes websites don't put the proper thing. Oh, um, fast. Yeah, oh, I, I I would still sign. All of I would sign any of those guys to like a one year four million dollar deal. Uh yeah. If, if it meant that they were a number six or seven on a minor league contract that we right. could bounce up and down. That's a little scary, man. I didn't realize it got that thin. Absolutely. And actually, so I'm really happy we finished this tier because we actually have maybe my favorite tier up next. But we'll talk about it after this break. So I said that it was my favorite tier. I lied. It is it's the finest the Rockies tier, which is nothing. <laughs> so sad. It, it really is just, I'm so sorry. I mean, B. Austin Gomber has good breaking stuff. That's it. That's all I've got, guys. No, Herman Marquez? Yeah, stop this right now. <laughs> Do you, just stop. All right, we're going to the next tier. Do we care if it? they start? Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's it. All you want to give the Rockies? No, I'm not. You don't. 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 Just don't. <laughs> We're done. Oh, I'm not even on the road. Don't do this. Don't fit the coins. Just don't. So do we care if they start tier? Okay. And because uh, we're going to breeze through this. We're doing the, this is we're at 208 of 300. Yeah. And they're just I mean, there really isn't much to talk about. But the Washington Nationals, right? They might have an open start. Uh, number five. Kay Cavalli, maybe. And Chad Cool is there. I mean, we've laughed about how Chad Cole has gone from the Pirates to the Rockies to the Nationals. Poor guy. But maybe there's something there fast. Do you have any interest in either of those two? No, I don't. Um, I still no. am. I, I will, like, every once in a while, pull out a small photo of JP Sears from my wallet and look at it a little longingly. Just because I'm curious really? to see. Yeah, well... I'm not. I'm, I'm, we're talking. Listen, we are yeah. after 200. We are. I know, but I'm not doldrums. pulling out a photo on, on any of these. Long I pull. I have hundreds of photos of pictures in my wallet, and I pull them out randomly <laughs> just to gaze upon them. JPCs, yeah. like, 
I think he's a better he's a better pitcher than he is a a fantasy pitcher. I mean, he was a part of he came up with the Yankees organization. He moved in, believe in the Montes trade. Um, He put up an 18 percent K rate last year over 70 innings. But if you look at the K rates that he put up when he was starting, J.P. Sears put up a 32 percent K rate in 53 innings as a starter in 2021. Fast. No. It could be there. I, I he doesn't. It, he doesn't have. He doesn't have a rotation spot. First of all, first of all, and it's he's got to fight through a lot of things. Second of all, I, I don't know what is in his rotation that get. Uh, sorry, his repertoire that gets. You want to know what the highest swing strike rate on any pitch he has in his repertoire is? Seven. I mean, it's close. <laughs> it, it's twelve percent on a slider, and the others don't hit ten percent. Mm-hmm. Okay, I mean, sure, if you want to say that, oh, no, 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 we believe that a sinker is going to have a 23% called strike rate, that the slider is going to have a 23% called strike rate, that the changeup is going to have a 23% called strike rate. If we're going to believe that, then by all means, sorry, by all Johns, go in after J.P. Sears. But I understand there's a First of all, discount. We're not doing this. Stop. Don't say go after J.P. Sears. No one is endorsing <laughs> that anyone go I after You have J.P. them in your Spears. wallet fast, okay? That's not They're that big of a wallet. They're all there, Nick. How, I have a Costanza is wallet. Digital? Is it a digital wallet? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's a digital wallet with uh, with all the every single starting the picture. Carousel. I mean, there really yeah. isn't. Adrian Sampson, there is there are some interesting. <laughs> oh, it's yeah, like right. you're okay. in a room of people you hate and I you're know. like, say one nice thing about I this know, person. And I could do it for all of these, right? Uh, I mean, I'm scrolling down. I'm like, find the one that you have a nice thing to say. Tyler you Wells is nice a CLV. Darling, who? Okay, Tyler Wells. Mm-hmm. It's a PLV darling. I, I I don't know if that's gonna. I, I don't know. Seventy percent uh, strike rate on the changeup for Tyler Wells. Thirty three percent CSW. Forty four percent hard contact in the four seamer. <laughs> I don't know. I uh, Sean Jelly had moments last year. He throws ninety five ninety six with the slider and misses bats. Okay. Joey Wentz is actually all right. Um, you know what is even crazier? I'm sure at some point I mentioned them. Uh, I have to. Come on. Where is he? Where is he? I'm scrolling as far as I can. Come on. No, no. These guys. Okay. He's in, these guys exist. All right. Fine. But at 255 is Garrett Hill, who has three ticks mm-hmm. higher on his fastball in the spring. He's three ticks up. It's kind of interesting. There's Davey okay. Garcia. Who's also three ticks up and actually threw upstairs with intent and was stretched to 33 pitches in the spring instead of like 18 or so. <laughs> how come? What? How, okay. There's a guy who in the past two seasons has combined for about, about 300 innings uh-huh. um, with a, mid to, or um, yeah mid to high three era oh boy and uh you know a 17 percent k rate about a 128 whip between those two things chris Black doesn't even he doesn't even sniff Did the I get top it right? 200 Did yeah I get it you right? Got it right yeah because it's chris flexen i mean <laughs> <laughs> but those numbers are not terrible he i i don't think he's gonna start first of all yeah uh XERA last year was 452 instead of 373. This is our XERA. Yeah, sub 17% strikeout rate the last two years. Like a 130. Like, why would you start Chris Flexen? Because you think you believe in that ERA? Yeah. No, you don't though. But you <laughs> no, don't. don't. Yeah, you look to like he, he obviously he's not in he's in long relief right now. Probably a guy who will get some starts maybe if they if they want to I, I wonder if the the Mariners are gonna be aggressive on oh man, I'm not gonna remember his name. Baroa? Um who was pumping Chet and looking so good. I uh, had so much hype on his like Friday debut after Robbie Ray. It looks so yeah, good. Prelander Baroa. Yeah, oh man, Prelander, thank you. Um, and then they have Emerson Hancock there as well. I feel like Flexen has found his role in relief, um, and that's not going to change. All right. Um, yeah. I mean, there are like uh, find 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 the guys that you're like. All right, Nick. Here we are. We're past 200. This is my my sleeper of the. I like this actually. Here we are in this tier, specifically this tier. Do we care if they start? 
Who is your sleeper of the start of this tier? It's JP Sears. Uh, no, it would probably okay. be the guy. If you if you're, you just got to go with stuff at this point, right? So uh-huh. then it, it's got to be Daniel Lynch, right? With that four seam velocity, oh, interesting. you just have okay. to think that there's enough to build on there in theory, and that he's young enough, and that if there were some pitching competency there, that maybe he could excel. But yeah, so I guess I'll go with Lynch. What about you? Okay. Um, I've talked enough. I mean, the, both of these two shouldn't be a surprise. Uh, you mentioning Dylan Bundy signing to the White Sox is like, mm, there's a sleeper there. Uh, the other one is Johan Aviedo uh, with the Pirates, who I've talked about a lot. And I feel like if you know he keeps taking steps forward, as these young guys often do, he has the velocity, he has the stuff. Uh, it's just about, I think, command at this point. Um, but not going to get the opportunity for a while. But I mean, that's what all these guys are. They don't have the opportunity for a while. Yeah. Uh, but those are those are interesting ones. There's also an Austin Voth with your Orioles, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I think he's going to be another guy who could theoretically lose out as some of, you know, as they want to make room for Grayson Rodriguez, if they want to make room for DL Hall and stuff like that. All right, let's move on to these guys exist because there are, I mean, all right, again, we're, 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 we're late here. Where are we? We're at 248. I, I think you can just throw away last year for Luis Patino, right? It's It was 20 innings of an injury-riddled season. There was right. some hype coming into the year with an 8-10 area. It's gone. It's gone. So I would like to see what another full season um, would look like for him because I think there is a theoretical upside of like low 4 ERA with like 21-22% K rate, but the whip isn't fantastic. He was a part of that trade for a reason, so I do think they saw something interesting in him. Again, it's 248, so if I was going to pick someone from this tier... Oh, I mean, he's that's probably the reason why he leads this tier, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. The, the, this fastball wasn't good, though. It was, it was like when we saw him in 2021, Patino was four-seamer first, slider second, and I actually really liked it, especially if the slider took another step. But then, of course, he was super injured last year, and then there's really no feeling that he's going to... Let alone, you know, let alone getting the opportunity seize it, right? Um, so it's it's really hard to go after Patino at this point. Um, there are other people down a little bit lower. A, a guy who pitched today, uh, who has one of the best Easter eggs on the pitcherless site, <laughs> um, and that's Cutter Crawford, who is the only person who has a K on Cutter in his in his uh, you know his little <laughs> tab the pitch repertoire, um, yeah. It's very good. The PLV on that cutter too is in the seventy fifth percentile. The, the it's not bad. I mean, it it's got a cuter it, cutter. It's it's not a it's not a bad pitch for him. Also, the curveball grades out a, a little above average as well. We did see some appearances uh, from him last year. Um, they weren't the prettiest. There were some where he struggled with command a little bit, some where he just got absolutely shellacked, like this one start against the Orioles where he gave up nine earned runs and 11 hits. But then there were some moments where he flashed a little bit of upside, obviously very young. Why is Cutter Crawford so far down? Um, Cutter Crawford. Uh, oh, by the way, I'm remembering now. There was like a... Oh, no, never mind. I'm being dumb. Sorry. Uh, Cutter Crawford. He's not going to get the opportunities for the Red Sox. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's that's kind of it. <laughs> I I just think that there it was really mediocre when we saw it, and it just wasn't enough. And and he's just not going to get the opportunities like he exists. Um, would you say though he is your sleeper of this tier of these guys exist? Is it Cutter mm-hmm. Crawford? No, I st- I'll, I'll still stick by Patino. Just the Patino. I'm going with Garrett Hill again. I'm telling you, he's throwing harder in spring training. Just it's kind of he was really good at getting the fastballs up and in. And then when he had a he had one start that was super good last year when he was doing that. And that's the command we saw today with up velocity. I don't know. It's just interesting. We'll see. What do we I I mean, before we wrap on who the number 300 is, because I think it's actually quite poetic. This is a perfect. This is a really good. Oh, number thank 300. You. I was wondering how you were going to do a number 300 because number 100 has its own kind of thing to it where it's like yeah it's the number 100 but there is some fun upside so how do you do that with a number 300 so we'll get to that momentarily but are there any other guys between you know 260 and 300 that you're like if i squint maybe all right well, hold on you got you got to give me a i mean bruce zimmerman is that what you want 
No, I... no, no. <laughs> Remember, you act as if like I'm some Oriole fan. I am, but I'm not. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I would say just based on opportunity, there is a free agent section. And you could say like Mike Miner, maybe he fixes something and gets an opportunity with the Nationals or somewhere. Uh, and that could be interesting. Andre Palante had a moment last year where I thought it was actually kind of good. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's for his four seamer has cut action, and I hate four seamers with cut action. Um, so and look, he might get the opportunity after Dakota Hudson instead of Matthew Libertori. I don't know. That that's all I really got here. I mean, everyone else is just. Do you have someone in mind? No, no one. Th- it's all. <laughs> I just took a scroll through. Like, this, is, this is a, a wasteland. You and you're like, yeah, this no, is- I can't. No, well, no, mm, actually, no. Seriously, no. I was like, Casey maybe, maybe. Actually, we did. This is funny. We did. Um, if you have the uh, the Google sheet for for PLV, if you haven't done that yet, I put out the what is PLV article, the primer. It's actually pinned in my Twitter profile, so you can just quickly find it. It's also in our navigation menu. Um, but if you go into the Google sheet for pitchers for PLV in 2022, you'll see, we also have a tab for based on appear or start rather, uh, or appearance. You see who had the best PLV on a per game basis. Chase Anderson has a start that's like in the top 20 or so. That's interesting. And it's like 79 pitches. It's a minimum of 70 pitches, but like it was a five, seven or something. He had the best day. You know, you know, Asher Wojciechowski had that one day and we talked to him. We're like, oh, this is really something that maybe can be a thing. And he said, like, well, no, it was really like we had that really good had that really good day. And I'm kind of chasing that. And we're like, ah, oh, dang it. You know, we yeah. were hoping that it, it was something more. That's, that's what Chase Anderson had at that moment. And, uh, you know, maybe he's a 294, but maybe. Well, what about number 300 then? Who is Julio <laughs> Tehran? I love it. Oh, I mean, it, any any final kind of he played he played in Lydom, right? Didn't he play in Lydom this past year and his yeah. velocity wasn't like a joke? Yeah. I mean, he brought it closer to 93. The Padres said, "You might why not? You can never why have not? too much him depth, and Cole I guess. Hamels." Yeah. Well, they signed they didn't sign Cole Hamels. Isn't he I, what, didn't I they, thought that thought someone were saying that like he wouldn't you got Waka. Did they get Cole Hamels too? I thought it was like I'm more crazy. of a expectation of like a June July thing because he's not ready to pitch yet. Oh maybe uh, it was that. Um but I I mean the watch the Padres get him too. Um Tehran he exists. You know, he exists. And here he is at 300. And I just thought it'd be really funny. We probably will get maybe a handful of games seeing Tehran at all. Maybe not at all. But I just wanted you guys to know that I did not forget Julio Tehran. So here he is at 300. He he did. He signed a minor league contract Cole with Hamels. the Padres. Mm-hmm. Look at you. I sh- I don't have Cole Hamels on here. I should have had Cole Hamels. Sorry, Chichi Gonzalez. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah. number The new number 300 is. You heard it here first. Cole Hamels. Um, yeah. <laughs> Nick, we we did it. it. It was it was fun, but I can't believe we're kind of wrapping up this series, which is your yeah. top three hundred next week. Yep. Around this next week, Monday, we'll be doing my top hundred, uh, top one hundred, which is very exciting. Excited to talk mm-hmm. about that. We'll be talking about some revamps to the list. We'll be talking about more spring training news. Um, any 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 final parting words from the baseball writer of the year? Oh, stop it. Um. Yeah, we've got a wonderful season ahead. I'm just so happy to have a normal baseball season. I'm doing the Plus Pitch podcast every morning now. Uh, I got, you know, we have all this stuff. You're in Florida, by the way. Uh, in West Palm Beach, it's First Pitch Florida this weekend. I'll be at that event. Please come and say hi. That's the most fun part about these events are meeting all these people. Um, and do not hesitate. We all want to be there and talk about baseball and just hang out. So looking forward to meeting a lot of you there. And if you're at in Boston at the MIT Sloan Sports Analytics Conference, hop on a flight and go to Florida. <laughs> you, you, you're going to want to be able to have, have that time. Yeah, that's a really cool thing. Fast. Talk about that for a second. Uh, yes, you're right. Uh, everyone's definitely listening at the 59th minute of the uh, yes. top 300 starting pitchers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I'll be I'll be up in, uh, at MIT speaking in the competitive advantage talks to talk about a it's recent really study. Cool. It is that so I did. Cool. 
Yeah, about oh, finger man. pressure and the impacts of finger pressure on ball flight. Very excited to share it with people. Yeah. Very nice. Absolutely. Very cool. Um, but listen, that is going to do it for episode number 378 of On the Corner, the official PitcherList.com podcast. I'm your host, Alex Fast. And I'm Nick Pollock. And we'll talk to you guys next week. 